Hello, and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about changing habits. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. It's like you get good habits, and then something happens, and you have to shift. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when when things are crazy and routines are upset, you know, right now, get this pandemic going on. You might have heard of it. Everyone's routines in the US anyway, and all over the world are just changing wildly. You're either, you know, working remotely or stuck somewhere where you don't actually live. And it's an acute example of routines getting upset and the effect that that can have on your habits is what we want to talk about. Yes, your productivity um, and how you feel about your day. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say your emotional health, all that. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's very tight. It certainly for me, and I'm sure for lots of people. We talked about it a little bit on uh, a recent episode and the special episode we recorded. We talked about it a little bit at the end, but I hadn't really thought through it too much, and I and I kind of sprung it on you too. But we've had some time to think about it and wanted to do a full episode. The funny thing about habits is it's really easy to start bad ones <laughs> and it's really hard to start good ones and stick with them. Yes. And the the thing with good habits is they're all about long-term goals, things that aren't going to come to fruition for quite some time. So, you know, six months, let's say like, oh, I want washboard abs. Like you're not going to get that today. You need to do Darn. stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You need to do stuff every day to get there, but the reward is so distant and each of the individual steps is so small that it is, has no immediate reward that it becomes really easy to like blow it off one day or blow it off another day. And now before you know it, you're like, geez, I just can't get into this routine. And once you do get into it, when it feels like, oh, I my canonical example is flossing. I was a horrible flosser my entire life. And then two years ago, my dental hygienist, she was like <laughs> cleaning my teeth and my gums are bleeding, not to be gross. And she's like, only floss the ones you want to keep, only floss the ones you want to keep. And she said it over and over again for two solid minutes. And she was, it was funny and polite. We were both laughing about it, but she kept on doing it. And it was, mm -hmm. it was remarkable enough that when I left, it stuck in my mind and I took it seriously. And it was enough of a nudge in the moment for me to add it to my daily to-do list. And two years later, 632 times in a row, I haven't missed a day. At some point, I got the reward, which is that she stopped taunting me <laughs> my appointments because my gums weren't bleeding anymore. But obviously what I'm looking for is better health, right? Better dental health in this case. But you don't, you don't get that instantly. But it doesn't take forever either. But my point is, when you you feel like, oh, this is just a thing I do all the time, but boom, an asteroid hits your routine and everything goes up in the air. And I felt it really, really, it was, I'm hyper aware of it because I've got this daily to-do list to keep me on track and I'm just feel myself slipping like, oh, well, man. I'm just going to skip that or like, oh, well, I don't have all the stuff that I normally have to do this. Um, can't go to karate and do my sit-ups and push-ups. So like, I guess I'll just skip it or I'll get back to it when this is all over, when things get back to air quotes, normal. Oh, no. That's death. No. That's like, that's like say goodbye to that good habit. Even if things do get back to normal or once they get back to a new normal, you're going to have to start all over again. 
Well, I also think, and I, I think it was James Clare that talked about this, is that is that we have anchor habits. And the idea of an anchor habit is something that you do that impacts the rest of your day. And I don't know if you think of flossing that way. I think of exercise that way. I'm a first thing in the morning exerciser. And if I don't do that, and I, I exercise six days a week, an intentional six days every day but Saturday. If I don't do that, my whole day is off. I get grumpy. I feel like something's missing. For me, it's also something that bleeds off stress. So when I do that, my days are clearer. And so when all of a sudden the gym closes, I'm like, oh, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? Because my favorite machine is an elliptical machine and I read while I'm on it. And so how can I take 45 minutes on a machine and translate that into what I can do now? And so that's the process, the brain process we have to go through is that if you've got an anchor habit that's been interrupted by what's been going on now or something else that's going on in your life, you have to find a way to get back the core pieces of that anchor habit so you can keep it going, maybe in a new way, but so you can keep it going until like the gym opens in my case. I can't wait for it to safely open. <laughs> yeah, my anchor habits, the, my daily email for sure. The way I do my daily list, because I have a weird routine. I'm often, almost every night I'm up past midnight. So and my to-do list app is like at midnight, everything from the new day comes into the list. So there's a lot of times when I've got like two, you know, some stuff that I didn't finish from what to me is my still my current day because I haven't gone to sleep yet. But it's still it's like the next day. So sometimes anyway, it's not a perfect system. But when they start to stack up like that, I feel like I'm like, uh, I feel super um, rushed and behind and anxious, anxious. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there are other things on the list that like fasting, fasting is one that you can't like make up for it the next day. Like, like I've got 50 pushups is one of the things on my list. If I miss a day, the next day I'll do a hundred. And then I count that as like both done, which is maybe cheating, but it keeps me on track. But you can't, I can't fast like 24. I'm not going to fast 24 <laughs> hours. And the other thing is fasting 24 hours wouldn't really, it's not creating the effect. Like if I do, if I skip a day of pushups and then the next day I do 50 in the morning and 50 at night, I feel like, okay, that's like, you know, like you can't floss twice in a row and get twice as much benefit. But so there are certain things where I kind of, uh, you can call it cheating if you want, but it keeps me on track with them. But those aren't my anchor habits. Like the anchor one is the email. I mean, I don't get behind. I just don't. If I have to write two in one day, I'll do that. But in a year, I do 365 or more. That's the one that stresses me out when it's at risk because it didn't occur to me until just in this moment. But that one is the one that everybody knows if I miss. Nobody knows if I didn't floss. Yeah, it's very public. Right. Here's the approach that I took in the email. So for I sent this email out to people and I was like, look, your routine has almost surely been nuked and you almost surely have some good habits. And at this moment, they're at risk, almost for sure. So the recommendation I made is certainly one that was top of mind for me personally, was to take an inventory of my good habits. Like what are the things that improve my life that I do every day? What are the daily things I do that 
make my life better and, and increase my sense of well-being, all of that stuff. Because it's not just the stuff on my to-do list or other things too. Kind of take an inventory of that and then ask myself, have any of, the, have any of these slipped in the last weird week? And it's like, oh, interesting. Like some of them have. And even some of the stuff on my to-do list that I know I need to do, I find myself negotiating with myself about like, oh, well, maybe I don't need to do that right now. Or I'm really stressed out. I really would, I'm really hungry or my routine's messed up. So I'm just going to like eat after midnight or whatever, which is like the one I'm supposed to be fasting. And you can, I can feel my, like the little devil on my shoulder being like, it's okay. Just this once, (laughs) (laughs) you know, stress eating. Right. Exactly. And stress shopping. Like don't like Amazon, don't go there. Um, but anyway, the point is, like, if, you, if you've built up really good habits, make a list of what they are. Like, take a step back and be like, oh, what are the things that I do daily or maybe weekly, whatever, whatever the routine is, or just weekdays, and say, okay, here are the things that are good. Probably, they're probably going to be a lot of personal ones like um, health-related and fitness-related and relationship stuff and that sort of thing. But there's probably a bunch of business ones, too marketing efforts, emailing, whatever, whatever the things are that you're writing on a, in a, working on a book that you've been working on and take inventory of them, list them and like consciously, intentionally say like, okay, maybe there's some things on there you literally can't do if you're not in your office. Okay. It's possible. But if you can come up with a way to maintain it in a new way, then I think it's going to have a net positive effect on your your emotional state, honestly. Plus, it'll keep you moving forward. Yeah, I think a lot of this is about sanity, keeping your sanity when things are chaotic around you. And everybody has a different way of dealing with that. And so, you know, if it's exercise, that's great. If it's cooking, that's great. If it's taking your dog for 10 walks a day instead of two, there are ways to kind of bleed the stress off in ways that are positive and helpful to your mental state. Because that's, I mean, really, when you think about it, that's what we have to do is we have to take care of ourselves physically, right? We need to keep a roof over our head and food in the refrigerator. But we also have to take care of ourselves emotionally because we're running businesses. And we need to be emotionally healthy for our clients um, and for the people who depend on us. Right. Yeah. So you need that foundation. And it, for me, I, I'm just, I know I'm a control freak. I am. Like, oh, welcome had, to the club. <laughs> yeah, always had a bad, like a really bad authority complex, all that stuff. So for me, it's like when everything feels really out of control, I want to maintain the sense of control because of course everything's just chaos and like control is an illusion anyway, but it's an illusion that I like. So I like to maintain that sense of control. And if I... If I let go of self-control, which is, or self-discipline, this is my martial arts arts background speaking, it makes me feel way more out of control. It makes me feel like things are way, way more out of control than they really need to seem. So it's one of those things where there's this great commencement speech by, mm, I could almost remember the guy's name. He's like a general. He's like every morning, he's, you know, addressing a graduating class at a college. And he's like, every morning, make your bed. And I to- I completely do not make my bed, but I know exactly what he's talking about, which is like control this thing and it'll make your whole day better if you make your bed. It's like this anchor habit that you mentioned. Yeah. 
And and it tidies the room. So it tidies your mind. You don't see this messy pile of Right. It's almost meditative. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day you come back and it's made and you just it's like this it's like control the things that you can control. And and the things that you cannot control, don't stress about them. Like like worrying is not doesn't help anything. No one's like, Oh, I wish I would have worried more. You never you never have that. I understand that stress exists. Stress is different than worry to me. I don't know if we need to get into that, but, but definitely having, understanding what your good habits are, which to me a habit is very tightly tied to a routine. So your routine has these positive habits in it and maintaining them is something that you can control. So control it and it's going to have a positive effect on your sense of well-being. I think also the routines that are more personal can pay off in your business too. I mean, I'm thinking we have a date night that is usually Thursday night and we always go someplace and we go someplace fun. We just enjoy ourselves and we go early if the day allows us to, we go later if it doesn't. And so we were talking about it this week So what, or last week, what are we going to do for date night? And we're both extroverts, so it's really hard to be cooped up um, and not see people around us, right? So so we, we compromised and we went to a takeout place and got sushi. And I set up a really pretty area in the patio and we had a, a nice wine, a bottle of wine. And, and so it was really important to us to find a way to celebrate that. And it really made me feel good. I mean... Do I wish we could have been down in Palm Springs, downtown, bopping around, seeing people? Yeah, like I do. But it was lovely. It was really nice. And it was relaxing. And we made a commitment to think about what are we going to do the next week? Mm-hmm. I have a plan in mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great example. That's one that we've let slide. So like Monday night's normally our date night. And we've that has definitely slid. So it's like, oof. Like yeah. what's the, right? Yeah, because you need it now more than ever. Right, yeah. My parents had been doing this quarantine thing where they have martinis over FaceTime with their friends. Yeah, which yeah. Is, which I think is hilarious. I think it's a fabulous idea. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So let's talk about bad habits. Or, <sighs> you know, right? So yeah. that's another, the sort of flip side of what we've been talking about is that when things are totally out of control, and feel just like crazy, routine is upended. I feel like I'm behind this like castle wall, like Monty Python <laughs> castle wall, and like all these bad habits are approaching the gates, and my defenses are weakened against the bad habits, and they're you know slowly advancing, and I need to like throw boiling oil on them and shoot arrows down. It's like no, I'm not gonna do that like for like one of them losing the battle against is being home all the time i eat way more than when i'm not at home all day that one has gotten past the gate defenses which i despise cheese popcorn (laughs) cheese popcorn oh my god or is that your weakness well, it's it's my weakness, but uh, yeah, I bought extra bags when um, <laughs> when this all started because I thought, oh man, of all the things that are not going to be available, I need cheese popcorn just in case. I've got to have some cheese popcorn. Oh my <laughs> god! And it calls to me from the cabinet. So yeah, yeah, I I I, I feel your pain. Yeah, it's cashews with me. I can't like we have this pound oh, thing like a jar of cashews, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, I'll just have like. 
one handful. <laughs> yeah, no such thing as one anything when it comes to cashews. Yeah, so so watch out. I mean, I I don't really have great advice here, but I guess just being mindful that in this, it's a great time to take an inventory of your good habits, do what you can to maintain them or modify them and adapt them into this situation. But also watch out for the bad habits creeping in and to the extent and listen to that negotiation that you have with yourself because you almost I can't imagine I'm alone in that where the devil is saying, no, it'll be okay. Whatever your whatever your craving <laughs> is, just no, it'll just be just one more cash. Just this will be the last one, I swear. Be aware of that stuff consciously because it normally I think normally it happens for me in a subconscious level, but I've been thinking about it manually, like making it conscious, and I notice it at least. So I have a fighting chance of being like, no, stop being an idiot. You're not even hungry. Just stop. It's Yeah, it's the stress. I mean, I, I that's my bad habit is I like to nibble on things that are salty, like a salty snack. I was having trouble the first week of, of quarantine trying to do that and exercise because I don't have the gym anymore. And so now I, I made a, a game with myself. So I, I go for an extended, totally kind of almost race walking walk in the morning. And then if I'm going to have anything else above my normal food intake, I have to do another walk in the afternoon. So far, that's worked. I've either not eaten, I haven't opened the cheese popcorn yet, thank God, or I've done the walk. And on some days, I've done both. If I had enough time or I was feeling like I just needed to escape the house for a little while. So it's it's finding that right balance for you and not falling into this deep pit of bad habits and despair. Yeah, because it's, it's a it's like a vicious cycle because then you feel worse and then you feel like, oh, I, I just really need this cheese popcorn. I'm not feeling good today. <laughs> and, I, and I think making it more, anything you can do to make it more conscious, whatever the bad habit is, I think bolsters your defenses. I think we talked about this before the show. Both of us have found that just like one more beat on the uh, food stuff. I'll say to myself, I can eat whatever I want when, you know, while I'm not fasting, I can eat whatever I want, but I have to write it down. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm yeah. not currently doing that. I used to do that instead of fasting where I would just like, I can eat whatever I want, but I have to write it down. The act of knowing that I had to write it down would make me have a second thought about the next handful of cashews and be like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I don't even feel like going over and writing it down. I barely want this, basically. I don't want it enough to eat it and then go write it down. I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to eat it. It's easier. See, yeah, my nutrition plan is I use an app and I, I put everything I eat in there. And that does help. For me, that's the, that's the anchor habit that keeps me focused because I either will not eat something that I want because I, I don't have the calories left for the day or I'll go burn some calories. I mean, those are the only two options, right? You eat less or exercise more. For me, I actually give it permission to ping me whenever I, I'm overdue. So if it's like, you know, one thirty, and they haven't seen my lunch yet, it'll tell me. Hello. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> just, a, just a little reminder to enter your lunch. Different things work for different people. But for me, I just, I love it. And in fact, that's what made me switch my habits so fast when the gym closed, because I thought, I can't eat what I want to if I'm not burning off some calories. 
this is not going to work. What am I going to do instead? How am I going to burn these calories? And, and I was literally looking up like, all right, so if I walk this many miles an hour, how much does that burn? Mm, okay. If I ride my bike for how long, at what speed, how long does that burn? I mean, you know, it sounds silly, but for me, I needed to do that so I could feel like I was sticking with my anchor habits. Right. And I think the, I think the theme, which I, I wasn't really expecting is kind of emerging is making your actions more conscious and less subconscious. We've been talking about physical health and mental health, which obviously bleeds into a consultant or an authority's business, but maybe we could shift and talk more about business habits that are like explicitly business related habits. Like what sorts of things do you normally do on a regular basis, say daily or weekly that, that are kind of like flossing for your business, like that over time are going to lead to better, a, a more healthy business. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day. I haven't changed any of those. Um, you know, yeah, and I, they're all virtual. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So for me, um, a big piece is content is creating content like we're recording right now. We have a standing Tuesday date to do this and we haven't changed it. Why would we? If anything, we're doing more when we are together in this time frame. I write a weekly thought piece and I, I reserve Monday morning to work on that. Um, I write a daily email. I make sure I do that every day. I have a social media quote unquote habit. Mine is really simple. I'll check in on Twitter. I, I do it at the end of the day, not so much because I might get pulled in more because sometimes it just so irritates me, not my stuff, but, and, and my people I follow, but all the political stuff sometimes it's just like a little bit too much and all the anger floating around. And the rest of it is all dealing with, with client things. What am I working on? What are these projects? What am I doing for my consultants nation group coaching class? Um, you know, when's the call? What's the prep? Do I have everything ready to go? What research do I need to do? So I've actually found it relatively easy to stay on point because I already had those routines to begin with and they haven't been interrupted by this. So I don't want to take any special credit. They just, they, they haven't been interrupted. They, I'm working the same way that I always did. Right. My sort of behind the scenes stuff has changed a little bit. For example, I'm standing in our master bedroom recording this, which is not normally where I am. I'm usually in my office or in my wife's office, depending on the situation. So, so like some of the details have changed, but the showing up hasn't changed. Um, so yeah, daily email that hasn't changed. Uh, the podcasting that hasn't, the output, like the result hasn't changed. Uh, the habit hasn't changed, but the routine behind it has changed, which is interesting. Um, you know, it's one of those examples where it's like, look, adapt, figure it out. You've got this commitment and you're going to stick with it. And, and Oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Like last week we did the special episode and you cut it. Yeah, I edited time. it. Right. And, then I, and then I wrote the description and neither one of us usually do either one of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if anything, I'm, I'm putting out at least 50% more content than usual. I mean, in a sense, I have more time now because I'm not all of the even though my office is like a half a mile from my house, this is still like you go over there and then you walk down for lunch and the, you know, all those, like all those 15 minutes and half hour things here and there have disappeared. So now it's almost like I have an extra two hours a day uh, to do stuff. But 
the distractions are way higher because everybody's home. Two dogs, two kids, wife, and it's and and everybody's and a new dog. You have a yeah. puppy. Yeah, yeah, that was smart. Uh, <laughs> good timing on that one. I guess if I was going to give some advice, I would say, if you're letting your business have it slide, oof. Like, hopefully, everyone listening has found it relatively easy to keep up their business habits. Hopefully, if you have kids and all of a sudden they're at home and usually they're at school or daycare, that's problematic and that's a huge adjustment. So, I actually I don't know if we talked about this. I did a, a webinar on that. If anybody wants to see it, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, by the time you hear this, will probably you probably have it figured out anyway, but. Here's the sort of third act, I think, of this episode. The third act of this episode is the process of adapting to the new normal. I've started to see opportunities. A shakeup, you, you typically don't want shakeups to be this extreme, but it does give you a new perspective, or at least it's given me a new perspective on a bunch of things. And it's like, oh, here's some things that I could change to be less work or here's a new way that I could deliver something or help someone that like, oh, wow, this forced me to try some new tool that's actually super powerful that I never would have stumbled across before, or it's caused me to come up with an idea for a new product or a new service. Or if you look at the chaos as an opportunity to break out of a rut, then it could potentially be beneficial. And we've talked before about the difference between a rut and a routine, I think, but like a routine is good. It's this like thing that keeps you moving forward. Uh, a rut is when you're in a routine that's so deep that you can't get out of it. So you're, you're trapped in your routine. To me, there's an important difference there. If you have a routine that you're not trapped in, then it's not a rut. If you're in a rut, then you're trapped. So if you do need to change or want to change, it can be very, very difficult. So when things go crazy and the asteroid hits the <laughs> hits the cornfield, now you're blasted out of your rut for sure. And it's like, oh, so, you know, the table's been flipped over, the chips are in the air, where are they going to land? And you can kind of control where they land to a certain extent. At least, you know, at least the things that you can control, you can be intentional about where you want them to go when they hit the ground. So it could be an opportunity to rethink things that maybe aren't, habits that maybe aren't you know, haven't paid off for you, or they seem to have played themselves out, or yeah, that was worth, that was an experiment. It didn't really do anything. It didn't seem to help anybody. So I'm just going to stop doing it. It could be an opportunity to kind of um, rethink things that you haven't thought about in a while. Well, I think clients or people on your email list will tell you what they want. I mean, one of the things I was really struck by last week, and I was checking in with all my clients, just how are you? What's going on? How are you feeling? And one of my clients is a financial advisor who has, I don't know, 100, 200 clients, and he called all of them. The conclusion was that people are really searching for connection, for a place to have this all make sense. And so I decided I would start a Slack channel and I just started it this morning. So I have no, no, no news on what that looks like or, or how it's, how people are experiencing it. But I, I just started that as a free place for consultants to talk about the things that they're concerned about, get advice from other consultants, you know, have a, a forum to do that. And so I, I just think there's going to be more of that kind of stuff in all of our businesses. There's going to be something that we see 
from the change in the landscape that hits you. And maybe it hits you because you've changed habits, right? If all of a sudden you've had a drop in your client work and you have this big open space, you're going to start seeing things that you wouldn't have had time to see otherwise. Eventually, that's the gift in this. and It's not a fun way to get there. Right. You kind of like forced over the edge of the waterfall, but well, there you are. So what are you going to do? You can use this opportunity to create. It's it's honestly, I think it's a great time to create because everything is so like agitated and crazy. It's like, it's, it's a perfect time to create. It's a perfect time to serve and it's a perfect time to lead because a lot of people are looking for all of those things. So, oh, wait, wait, let's talk about that for a second, because on the lead thing, I, I totally agree. We talked about this in our special episode, but there's a thing that gets in the way for a lot of people and it's fear. Oh, yeah. And you can call it imposter syndrome, call it whatever you want, but it's fear. I'm seeing this a lot is there are voices coming out now who were quiet before, who we need to hear from, because you look and go, well, gee, the world's coming to an end, or we're going to lose a significant portion of the population of the planet. Oh, I guess I should talk about this thing I've been working on. It's that using this time to put the kibosh on fear or just punch through it, just feel the fear, right? But but do what you need to do anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's the difference between courage and bravery. Bravery can be just this foolhardy, like I'm not afraid of anything, like Jonathan Stark at age 18. Uh, I'm, I'm immortal and impervious, but which is different. Bravery is different than courage. Courage is feeling the fear, but acting anyway. And it's always the time for that, but more so than ever when people are extra freaked out. Yeah, I think. There's a vacuum. Um, there's a leadership vacuum. Oh, you, and- yes. That you just triggered a really, sorry to interrupt. I don't want to know if I want to out the organization, so I'm not going to see the organization, but there's an organization that I'm aware of that was taking a long time to respond to the changes and a vacuum was created and other people started stepping up. It created a problem because the organization, what they were, they were doing something. It was just taking them a long time or long, you know, it actually didn't take them a long time. It, they did it really quickly, but still it was too long for radio silence. So two or three, maybe four other people just trying to be helpful leapt into the void and actually complicated things because when the organization finally got around to doing their thing, now it was like, wait a second, what's all this other stuff? And like, it was really... They became reactive. No, but they became reactive instead of leading the conversation. Exactly. There's going... If people need to know what's going on, they need to have some direction if you've been leading and now you're quiet, someone's going to jump into that void, into that vacuum, guaranteed. So it's like if you're in a leadership position or you're running a business or uh, you know, you've got employees or whatever, radio silence is not the move. Definitely not. No, and it, and it is about being helpful. It's um, I've gotten a couple of emails from people that I feel like they're scared and they don't really know what 
to say in their emails. And so they've, they've said things that are negative and it sort of looks like a death spiral (laughs) and it's, Oh, this is happening. People are dying. This is happening. Now, if you're a scientist and this is your area of expertise, that's the message. But if you're not the gloom and doom message either looks very sad, like you're not a leader or it looks like you're taking advantage. You know, if you're using that to sell something, that's not such a good place to be. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, you just come to the come to the table of service. Like, you already have an audience. Like, the situation I'm talking about, the organization, they had a big audience. And the audience was like, well, what's next? I mean, it was just kind of like, it just dropped off a cliff and then like nothing. And in fact, the duck's legs were paddling like crazy under the water. But there was no messaging around that. That was probably could have been handled a little more smoothly with like an email or two. But like you said, people are kind of afraid. They don't know what to say or they don't want to be taken the wrong way. I mean, we've had the same situation with the podcast. I'm like, what do we talk about? Like, can't just ignore it. Um, But at the same time. And we had some episodes that were already recorded before all this intensified. Right. And it's not a current events podcast. It's like or news podcast it's like about business stuff but it's still you have to you just there's this feeling like well it needs to be addressed so it's complicated but you can do it figure it out navigate that but radio silence isn't gonna isn't gonna help i have a post i've rescheduled i think for the fourth time now (laughs) because it just the timing just isn't right i mean it was it was scheduled to go out on you know on a tuesday morning and i looked at it and went you know what this is it's not the right message. And it's not even that it was terrible. It just felt a little tone deaf. I'm like, eh, I'll just hold that, use that another time, focus on what people want to hear and need to hear now. The example you gave of that organization, the thing they did, they did wrong was in communications. What is it? Perfect is the enemy? It's, man, that's tough. They, they needed a good communications person to figure out how to parse some of that out. But All you have to do is to stay visible. And that could be as simple as that you're in LinkedIn, sending something out or commenting on something on a group's page. It's just staying present. Yeah, if nothing else, just provide a calm presence. If nothing else. Anyway, this this is about habits, though. So, you know, if if you're (laughs) the 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 point here in this sort of third section of the, the episode is about looking for new opportunities in this kind of chaotic situation or any chaotic situation. It could be, it could be anything. It could be that your industry is upset by Amazon coming into the industry, whatever it is, like some big event happens, things are thrown up into the air. There's an opportunity to serve the people who are upset by, you know, when the apple cart gets upset, there's an opportunity to serve the apples. What do you need apples? Like, how can I help? The beginning of this episode, we talked about taking inventory of your good habits and making sure you maintain them, do what you can to maintain them, even if you have to adapt the actual routine around the habit. And then the second part was kind of like, watch out for bad habits creeping in that devil on your shoulder is like, oh, it's okay, just this once. Like, watch out for that because this is a great time to develop bad habits. And then the last thing is like, and look for opportunities to do completely new creative acts that perhaps become your new list of good habits. I like how you brought that back to habits. Good job. (laughs) Uh, uh. 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. now now's not the time to sit back and watch the world go by. Now is the time to participate and to do what you do, keep doing it and keep pushing it out in the world. And that's that's what your habits allow you to do. Mm-hmm. Great. Keep flossing, people. <laughs> <laughs> and watch out for the cheese popcorn. Yeah, I got to get that cheese popcorn out of your gums. Uh, all right, so that's probably a good... Good note to leave it on. <laughs> you think? No, I want cheese popcorn. Thanks. Sorry. All right. Well, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.